Are you wasting your stress, your conflicts, your fights, your arguments? The truth is, I think you probably are. And I want you to practice your fights. Hello, my friends. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And I want to talk to you today about becoming better in your relationship because you have conflicts, because you have stress, because you have arguments, because you have fights, and how those incidents, those points of contention can help you have a stronger, better relationship. And they can actually make your future fights, conflicts, stresses, and tensions better. Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Let's talk about our arguments and our fights. One of the things that I believe is actually more hurtful than a fight itself, and and if you know me at all, you know I spend a lot of time talking about the difference between fights and conflicts, but everybody's going to have some fights. Everybody's going to have conflict. Everybody's going to have some times where they just kind of throw all the rules out and they interact poorly. But one of the things that that I am constantly amazed about is the idea, is the truth of how many people, they don't capitalize on the learning opportunity that their conflict and that their fights brings them. Don't get better in their arguments, their conflict, their fights, because they don't train to get better. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about how important it is to learn from your conflict, your fights, your arguments, and how important it is to train. Let's start with data points. A lot of times when I say to people, what data points did you collect from this argument, this conflict, this fight? They look at me like I have 14 heads. And the reason is because we don't think about arguments, fights, conflicts as an opportunity to collect data points. Well, what are data points? They're simply what they sound like. They are points of information that we collect. You collect data points to help you better understand the situation. The potential problem with this is that we don't necessarily believe that we don't understand the situation, right? We tend to think that we know exactly what's going on. We have it right. We understand what our partner did. We understand what our spouse did. And we understand why they did it. And really, most often there's probably more nuance to it than that. And so collecting data points says, I want to know more about what it is that you were thinking, what it is you were doing. How do I better understand your side of it? In other words, if I had this to do over again, how could I do it in a way that you wouldn't have felt hurt, attacked, uh, offended, whatever it is? How could I approach it so that you don't feel whatever it was you felt this time. And sometimes the answer is no. In fact, I'll ask clients this a lot. You know, I'll have somebody sit in the room. And a lot of times, and this is a whole other thing, because of the way we raise men, uh, we're raising little boys, and they get married, and their, uh, their wife says something to them, and they're like, well, I felt attacked. I'm like, okay, fine. If we take that, and we, and we assume that what she was telling you is true, in other words, like, hey, you said you were going to do this and you didn't or whatever it is. How could she tell you that so you didn't feel attacked? And a lot of times I'll like, well, I don't know. Okay, then you need to grow up, right? That's a data point. There's no way she could tell me something where I won't feel attacked. Well, then that's probably a you problem and you need to grow up. Now, if the answer is, well, when she does this thing with her hands in front of my face, 
I feel like she's scolding me like my mother. Okay, that's also a data point. And I will look at the wife at that point and be like, hey, could you not put your hands up in front of a face? Well, it's really hard. Well, of course it's hard. Relationships are hard. That's the point of this. You're collecting data points to change your behavior. Your relationship is the sum of your habits and habits are behaviors. So just listen to what's going on. So for my wife, there are some phrases that I don't say when I agree with her, when we're fighting. If we're fighting and I come to the conclusion, oh, I agree with her, I just don't say them. One time we were having an argument and uh, she said to me, blah, blah, blah. And I said, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you're right. And she was, she was still mad. And so later I was trying to debrief it. I was like, well, why are you upset with me? And she's like, I'm not. I'm like, you certainly seem it. And we got talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's because I used the phrase, you're right. You don't like that phrase in, in that context. Yes. Okay. Now I have a data point so I can avoid that. If, if you say something and I don't agree with it, uh, or I don't agree, that's what happened. A lot of times by nature, I'll be like, oh, that's a lie. I don't actually mean you're lying. I'm just talking. Well, that was really offensive to my wife. So I changed it to, I don't feel like that's accurate. Well, Joe, that's more words. Well, yes, it is more words, but I'm collecting data points to be a better communicator. Everybody I talk to, the number one problem with their relationship is communication. And I, what I'm suggesting today, what I suggested yesterday, what I'll suggest tomorrow, what I'll suggest next week, next month, next year, is it's most of the time, it's not because they don't know how to communicate. It's because they aren't willing to put in the effort, the time, and the work in how to be better communicators. And that work comes in two ways. One, you have to actually engage a conversation that's uncomfortable. You have to engage a conversation that you know is potentially a powder keg. But you have to use discernment. Not every offense has to be discussed. Not every uh, time you're upset do you have to have the conversation. We're going to talk about that later. But then when you do have the conversation, you have to learn from it. You have to be trying to improve how you actually engage the conversation. Just having it isn't enough. Just engaging the uncomfortableness isn't enough. You have to actually work at how you engage it. And how you start with that is you have to learn. You have to engage the cognitive processes in your brain of what happened. Like for me, I have to say, okay, what did I do that my wife found offensive? It doesn't matter if I agree with her at that moment. Now there might come down a time where I'm like, okay, look, I don't know how else to communicate that to you without you being offended. I've never in 21 years encountered that. I have encountered a couple times saying to her, I don't know how else to tell you that without you getting upset because I think you're upset more with the content than you are with the delivery. And that happens. I was talking to somebody just the other day. Uh, they were telling me about their therapist and how they were mad at their therapist because he said that they do this. And I was like, well, do you do that? Well, yeah. Well, then maybe that's why you're mad. That's a reality. Sometimes we get mad at the content of what's being said. Right? Somebody points out something in us that we don't want to deal with, that we don't want to think about, uh, that we don't want to embrace to fix or to change. And I get that. So sometimes that happens. Sometimes my wife tells me, hey, you could do this better. And I'm actually more frustrated because people don't like change and people don't like being called out. Right. So, OK, so we can live with that. But if it's, hey, you use these words and I don't like these words, your hands do this, your eyes do that. Could you work on your tone? which I've been pretty you know, open about in the past. Tone's the one that concerns me the most because tone can be very subjective. Regardless, it is very important that people use their arguments, their conflicts, their fights as an opportunity to learn. One of the greatest questions you can ask is, how could I have communicated whatever it was I was trying to communicate to you 
without it going rogue. In other words, and here's the thing. If you agree, like I had one time, uh, a guy would just start cussing when he got mad and his wife hated it. So like him asking, hey, how do I make this go right? What he actually had to do was negotiate out what does cussing mean? I know that sounds weird, but like to her, if you said, gosh, that was swearing. To him, it wasn't. And so he was like, well, wait, I've got to have something. What can I say? So he came up with weird words. She agreed to it. It worked out fine for them. It's good. But it's talking about what is it that you were hoping I can say? In other words, how can we engage in the uncomfortable and still come out on the other side in a good place where we're both happy about what happened, where we're both happy with the way that we engage it? We might not be happy with the topic. We might be frustrated. The tension might be high. But how do we do it in a way that is beneficial to both of us in a way that isn't inflammatory? So that's the one of the first things I want you to think about today is how are you collecting data points so that you can have conversations differently in the future? If you're repeatedly doing the same things and getting the same results, make a change. And I know a lot of times I hear people say, well, he does this or she does that. Yeah, I get it. But you can only control you. You can only run your behavior. So run your behavior in such a way as to improve the relationship. Okay, and now the next thing I want you to do is I want you to practice your fights. I want you to role play your arguments. I want you to pretend that you are an actor on the world's stage and that you are embracing good communication. I want you in your mind's eye to say what your loved one's going to say to you that is inflamed, that is angry, that is pissed off. And I want you to practice how you're going to respond. And I want you to grade yourself. I literally want you to practice your arguments. Navy SEALs have a saying that you fall to your level of training, you rarely rise to the occasion. I believe that's true, especially for how we interact in our conversations. So what I want you to do is I want you to take those data points that you're collecting and I want you to to run through the fight in your head. Literally find space alone. Like it's okay to separate you and your wife, you and your husband. You don't have to engage in an all out fight. You can say, hey, you know what? We need a few minutes. Take an hour and go practice. Okay, so she's mad about what? He's mad about what? What am I going to say? One of the things that happens is that we tend to run it out Typically, well, I'm going to say this, and he or she's going to say this, and then I'm really going to get them. This is because we have a history and a habit of giving ourselves a hall pass for poor behavior if our loved one doesn't do what we want them to do. In other words, when I'm talking to a husband or a wife, they're like, well, of course I did this because he or she did that. No, no, no. You did it because you made a bad choice, and you didn't embrace intentional living. Be intentional. So when there's an argument, and, and you know, okay... They don't like it when I use this phrase. Don't use the phrase, but you're probably going to have to practice that because one of the things that is probably true of your life is that you have a habit of doing things with an attempt to feel safe that are actually destructive to the overall health of your relationship. You're going to change that. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to practice saying things that are helpful to the overall health of your relationship. And this is really important because without the practice, I don't know how you get better. As you practice it, your brain changes because one of the goals that we're going to have to set as a goal for a healthy relationship, for a healthy conversation is the ability to hold intention 
being frustrated and still making good choices in how I talk to my loved ones, still making good choices in what I say, still making intentional choices to protect the relationship, to build the relationship, right? Still making good choices, intentional choices to be intentional, to avoid universals, to only deal with today's news, to decide does whatever it is that's frustrating me have to be a problem, to deal with the issue, not the person. Don't attack them. Attack what's going on that's causing you frustration. Deal with just the facts. You can't testify to their intention. So you can only testify to what you think is their intention. So facts are not what their intentions are. It's what you think their intentions are because you can't read their mind. Right? But that all requires practice. And practice requires the ability to kind of sit in, in the space of, I'm frustrated right now. That's okay. I can just sit here with it. Now, theoretically and intellectually, most people agree with me that just because they're frustrated, that doesn't mean they have to say something poorly. That doesn't mean they have to say something attacking. That doesn't mean they have to say something that is hurtful. But in practice, most people I find that I work with tend to just kind of skip over that part because here's what happens. They tend to react in the middle of their argument from a knee-jerk position. They're not thinking it through. And so one of the ways that we can shape that is we can make habits out of practicing. Why does a basketball player practice free throws? Because it's about habit of motion. It's about habit of thought. It's about habit of what they're doing. Is the elbow in? Is their hip lined up right? Is their foot lined up right? And they do that over and over and over and over and over again so that they don't have to think about it. I actually want you to practice your fights that way, but I want you to practice your fights going well. Now, here's what I mean by going well. I don't mean that you say something and your spouse responds exactly the way you want them to, that your child responds exactly the way you want them to. I want you to practice it two ways. You can certainly practice it. Okay, well, I'm going to say this to Erica. That would be me practicing with my wife. And then she's going to say this, and her response is exactly what I'm looking for. That's fine. But then I also need to practice... And this is what I'm going to say if her response isn't exactly what I'm looking for. If the conversation goes sideways, this is how I'm going to handle it. This is how I'm going to embrace it. This is what I'm going to say. So here's some questions to ask yourself as you practice. What do I need to communicate? Not what do I want to communicate? What do I need to communicate? What is it that I'm feeling? What do I believe happened? What was it that happened that I interpreted and how did I interpret it so that I was upset? What happened that I became upset? Do I need to communicate that will help the relationship improve and move forward? This is a really important question because a lot of times the things that we communicate in the moment are things that we want to communicate because we want to hurt the other person or we just want to vent and we're not thinking about whether or not it's going to hurt them, but we don't think about in terms of need. So what do I need to communicate? Then What is the kindest possible way to communicate it? Now, look, you still get to talk about being frustrated. You still get to talk about being hurt. You still get to talk about being angry. But I want you to do it in a way that is kind. What is the kindest possible way to communicate what I have to communicate? What is the most grace that I can offer the other person? In other words, the thing that they did that frustrated me, could I see it in a different light? Could I interpret it differently? Could I come to appreciate it? Could I explain that it, while it frustrates me, I understand that they're working on it? Like, what happens? In other words, 
What do I need to communicate? What's the kindest way to do it? And then what is the best way? How much grace can I extend to the other person? If I were them, how much grace would I want? One of the greatest truths that I ever heard was we tend to judge people on what they do while we judge ourselves on what we intended. What would it look like if you judged your partner, your spouse, your loved one on intention in this argument that you're practicing? How could you say what needed to be said in the kindest possible way with the most grace? What do you need to trim? What are what are body languages that you need to trim? Words that you need to trim? How do you say it in the best way possible? I really want you to shoot for that. You might not hit it, but that's what we're going to shoot for because that's good communication. And then some pragmatic rules or, or questions. Sorry. Have I followed good rules of communication? Like for us and our family, I, I was literally just doing this the other day. I was role-playing through an argument uh, that didn't happen, but I was prepping for it because I knew there was stress. I knew there was tension. Uh, I, I felt like it was moving that way. My mind was was circulating the, the, the tension. And so I wanted to make sure that if it happened, I was able to approach the conversation. Well, so ask yourself, okay, well, wait, if I say that, that's not really following all the, all the rules of communication. Uh, I'm not following the six rules of communication that we utilize to govern our, how we talk. I'm not following the marrying facts and feelings. In other words, this happened and this is what I felt about it. So I need to reword what I'm saying. And by the time I ever got to my wife to have the conversation, I had said it probably 10 to 15 times in my head. And I had said it probably 20 to 25 evolutions deep. Remember, an evolution is I say something, my wife responds. You say something, your loved one responds. That's an evolution, and you need to practice the evolutions all the way out. Now, as it turned out, we didn't have an argument. We didn't even really have conflict. We did have some tension that we worked through very quickly, and we were able to move on. But part of it is I have to practice the conversation, and I have to ask myself, what needs to be said? Of course, implied in that is what doesn't need to be said. What's the kindest way that I can say it with the most grace? And then what needs to be trimmed? What needs to go away? And then am I following good rules of communication? Am I following our system that we've agreed on to communicate with? And how do I do that? One of the truths that most people struggle to accept is no one makes you fight. No one makes you argue with them. No one makes you say things that are hurtful to your relationship. No one. You fight because you choose to. You say hurtful things because you choose to. That is kind of like, eh, but that's really great news because if that's true, then that means you can choose to not do those things. You can choose to have great communication. You can choose to say helpful things. You can choose to see say things that are beneficial to the listener. All right, so hopefully this will help you. Uh, hopefully this this episode helps you uh, maybe just gain a little bit of traction, uh, improve your relationship. I don't care where you're at on the relationship spectrum. If you're in a bad relationship, if you're in a great relationship, if you're in a good relationship, if you practice these skills, it will help and improve it just a little bit because you're going to have conflict. You're going to have tension. You're going to have stress. Gather those data points. Alter your behavior to them. At some point in the future, we need to talk about as you gather the data points, it should also inform what you talk about in the future. Because the person you're married to, the person you're in love with, they have fears and insecurities that manifest themselves in your arguments. I have a friend who grew up with an alcoholic parents. 
He is very avoidant. That's not uncommon. And it comes out mostly when he and his wife argue. And I'm always saying to her, just take deep breaths and understand that you need to speak to his fear, but you collect the data points to be able to speak to the fear. That's another day, another conversation. For today, I just want you to collect the data points about how you could alter your behavior to better engage the conversation. And then I want you to role play it. I want you to role play it with some questions. What needs to be said? What's the kindest way to say it? What's the most graceful way that I can say it and interpret what's going on? What needs to go? Am I following rules for good communication? All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.